In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Happy Saturday, happy weekend. It is the injury update. It is myself, Jason Perrone, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Reddle of Game on Wisconsin at Dairyland Express. Mark, as always, yeah. we start with you on the East Coast and the weather update, which it sounds like is very nice. Yeah, it was. Um, we had, we had a touch of. Like, I don't want to tell Green Bay people that it was winter, but it was cold <laughs> here Wednesday for by our standards. It, it was like dipped into the at night. It dipped into the forties, yeah. which is cold here. And then we don't we're not used to that. Um, but then. Friday was gorgeous. Today looks like it's going to be another gorgeous day. So all, all's well here in South Carolina. Well, and and let's not mistake any anybody for thinking that the beach that Mark enjoys is going to be frozen over and people are going to be ice skating on it anytime <laughs> soon or ever. So, yes, yeah, absolutely. And Paul Brettel in the Dairyland state of Wisconsin where the Packers will not be playing on Sunday. But nonetheless, how are we looking up there? Sun's out. It's chilly. High 30s, low 40s, but sun's out, so it doesn't feel that cold. There you go. I I don't remember growing up there, too. It's like if you see the sun out, out, out the window, you just stay inside and pretend that it's like, you know, May or June, hmm. right? You just ignore what's yeah, on the ground. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question. How come How come the weekends when the Packers are away, the weather seems to be fine in Green Bay? <laughs> it's only cold and windy and rainy and bad when they're home, <laughs> right? Yeah, they've had some weird weird weather, but I have to say that it seems like for the past couple seasons, it's been the opposite. Like they've there have been some weird storm systems that have come through midweek, but then on game day, it's at least right. not snowing or not windy or whatever it be. I don't know. It's, they've 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 maybe it's they're paying the piper right now. I guess it's here in the Phoenix area. It's you know we're gonna get up into the mid eighties. We're having a late summer heat wave, I guess you or uh, an early fall heat wave, I guess you'd say. But uh, we're going to level out, and it's going to definitely cool off quite a bit here, all the way down into the 70s. So, All right, now that we've taken our jabs at our, our fan base, let's get into the injury report. There was actually some good news that came out of it, starting with that we heard earlier in the week that Devontae Adams had not practiced on Thursday after being limited on Wednesday. But it, it was reported on Friday that Devontae Adams is uh, going to play this week. He's not even listed on the injury report. Coach Matt LaFleur came out and uh, indicated that Adams would play. Another wide receiver, Alan Lazard, did not get activated last week after returning to practice from his injured reserve stint with the core injury. He was limited all week. Lazard listed as questionable. He is going to be a game-time decision, according to what Coach LaFleur said. So, guys, let's start with those two in the wide receiver position because that's uh, obviously an easy topic of conversation this season with how that – unit has played obviously in a game against a really good team like the Colts on the road 
you need a, you need your horse. You need well, you need Devonte Adams in every game, and if Alan Lazard is not able to go, then we also have to mention too. Tyler Irvin will not play this week with a wrist and a rib injury. He is listed as out. So Tyler Irvin helping out at wide receiver will not be in the lineup. So what does this, I mean, obviously a heavier dose of, of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, maybe guys like Darius Shepard, Equinemius St. Brown, who have struggled a little bit, Malik Taylor. So Mark, we'll start with you as far as the wide receiver position and how all of these things kind of go together. Obviously, Adams being there is good. Yeah, Adams is real good. And I was, you know, it's funny. And maybe it's just my experience, but when when people people went into a panic on Thursday because he didn't practice, I, I he didn't need to like he has a he has a sore ankle, obviously, right? The, the the best remedy for that is rest. So I didn't even think he'd go back out Friday. Like why why even like I thought he was going to play all all week. Let's put it that way, and I thought he wouldn't practice all week because. Does he really need to practice? I mean, he knows. I don't want to get into, go into my Allen Iverson, but um, I think him and Rodgers have a pretty good um, thing going. They don't. He don't need to be out there every day, and, and you know, he knows how to run a route. He, it's fine. So, yeah, that that is the best news of the week on the injury front that Devontae Adams will play. Um, Lazard. I mean, they listen questionable, and they're saying, "Yeah, I don't think he's going to play." I think Packers, who who always seem to give a guy an extra week. It, I think they're going to – because and sometimes that that's the right thing to do because let them miss one more and then have them for the, for the stretch run the last six games of the year, right? Instead of bringing them back a little too soon and then maybe he gets re-injured and then he misses, you know, three of the last six too. So you don't want that. I'm a little concerned because uh, Shepard and St. Brown are both listed as questionable. Yep. As, as you said, I, I think Shepard's going to play because he was full the last two days, right? Mm-hmm. Thursday and Friday. So. Yep. I'm surprised he's even listed as questionable. Um, St. Brown, I don't know. I mean, I, he played. He did play last week, and I don't think did he reaggravate anything because um, we weren't sure about him last week, and then he ended up playing. Um, my guess is, if one of those two can't go, they'll bring that kid Winfrey back up again for, for, from the practice squad, like they did last week. Yeah, I would think that might be the case. I mean, it's a knee for EQ. He was he didn't pl- practice Wednesday. He was limited. On both Thursday and Friday, and yeah, I think Shepard would will be able to go because then because with with Irvin being out now, you've got to figure out who's going to return punts. Right. So and which uh, yeah, and kicks and kickoffs too. So a lot of moving parts there. But I mean, the wide receiver position takes up the bulk of the conversation and the injury list here today. Irvin, so Irvin's it, a loss too now. I mean, huge, huge. Yeah, I that's mean, why. I mean, he's a loss in 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 both in both ways. Now, Mark, to your point, remember you said. Put him out there if, if he can dress, even if you're not going to give him the ball. Because it was yeah, a, that was, cause it was a wrist, because it was a wrist injury. Now he's got rib injuries, which is different yeah, too. Yeah, no. But uh, they they must have taken your because he was in motion a lot, but rarely did he actually get the ball. So yeah. I think they were exactly. like, hey, if you're able to run, we're going to dress you. Um, at least let you do your thing, and let you do your thing to let the defense at least think that something's going on there. But Paul, as far as the wide receiver position goes, it's. A little bit of little bit of musical chairs. So, is it possible that we see another shot of Malik Taylor this week, who has actually been okay occasionally when when the ball has gone his way? Yeah, I think he's definitely been more productive than uh, Darius Shepard and St. Brown so far. And in regards to Lazard, I am 
typically I would agree, fully agree with what Mark said and that they'll be conservative, but maybe I'm reading too much into it. But when before the Niners game, I thought Aaron Jones was not going to play and the Packers kind of downplayed it all week and he did come back. So I have that in the back of my head. I still think that if I had to choose, he's not going to play, but it's not as certain as I normally would be just because of that. And like I said, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think that, Mark, you mentioned uh, Juwan Winfrey. I think they might call him back up anyways because once Irvin left the game last week, he was the motion man on a few snaps, so they might put him in that role. He's a a fast guy. And then, of course, I mean, Devontae Adams coming back is going to be huge. This Colts defense is its going to be one of the better units the Packers face this year. They're fourth by DVOA. Um, And Devontae will get to see his old friend Xavier Rhodes out there, who, to his credit, is having a nice season. So, it's going to be challenging running the ball as it is. So anytime the Packers can have Devontae Adams on the field, they're obviously going to be a better team. But this week against this opponent, it's it's crucial that he's healthy. As as it is every week. I mean, he's a, a you know an elite talent. And there was an argument made I saw on Twitter last night. The Packers have the best offensive trio in the league if you add in Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers. So that's saying Ooh. a lot. I don't know I I haven't really taken time to think it through. There's a lot of really good trios and duos in the league, but you could do a lot worse than those three. So Adams obviously is is an important part. Yeah, I mean, Rhodes doing well in Indianapolis, but Minnesota didn't see a reason to keep him around. So I'll be interested to see if, uh, you know, these guys are very prideful players. And I know that they've had their run-ins before of, of facing each other. And you wonder if, if a guy like Rhodes isn't like, hey, I've got a chance to kind of reestablish myself. I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, it, it, he is what he is. And even when he was considered a really good corner, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, he still struggled with Devontae Adams, as does everybody, in in covering him. So, you know, wonder if there won't be a little bit of extra juice in that that matchup this week or if they're even going to put Rhodes on Adams that way. I don't I don't know how they, they tend to use their corners uh, frequently. I was just going to say, I wanted to add one more thing on the receiver room. Uh, Marcus Valdez-Scanling, he's been uh, fantastic the last two weeks, and not only this week, but for the remainder of the year. Something to watch is can he uh, build on that momentum? Because we've seen this the last two seasons now, his rookie season. He had a four- or five-game stretch at the first part of the season where he was averaging nearly 20 yards per catch, almost 400 yards during that span, a few touchdowns. Last year, weeks one through seven, similar performances over 20 yards. And then the last two games uh, this season – I mean, he's become a big piece of this offense, and it's we need to focus on whether or not he can build on that momentum over the second half of the season because it's not something that we've seen from him so far. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. 
Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. Oh, he's a huge X factor for this offense. I hope you hopefully see more of what we've seen the last couple weeks. I was finally glad you guys probably, I mean, I know you love to see it because we're all Packers fans, but finally he catches and runs against the Jags last week. Catches and runs one in and just beats that now had a little help from the official at the end. But that's <laughs> smart. That's, you, you know, that's use that. use that. I mean, you know, Mark, you covered a lot of games and, and it's been a while. But I mean, I remember some games where the 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 umpire, the umpire, the, you know, whatever, would take a ball to the chest because he was in the wrong way, wrong spot. Mm. You know, <laughs> it's kind of one of those those things where it's like, hey, you just you kind of use the the ref as a 12th or a 12th blocker or 12th guy on your. But, uh, yeah, I mean, MVS is, is important. He's, he's going to be a big part of, of what the Packers are going to do because the wide receiver group in the room is what it is. They've got who they have, and they're not adding anybody big back, so they're going to need the, the best of MVS. And another reason why, and we've said it a million times to you know beat the drum again, why they didn't do more. I mean, they did a lot during the offseason to try to bring somebody in, another wide receiver in, and they had Funchess, and Funchess obviously didn't play because of COVID, but – they didn't do more because they felt like EQ and MVS were going to give them, you know, what they did and, these these well, last they, couple weeks. They, it's been they good. Didn't know good. Lazard was going to miss six weeks with a core right. injury. Yeah, yeah. And he was playing pretty well before he got hurt. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he definitely was. So you have to wonder like how things look if Lazard doesn't miss it hasn't missed this last several games, right? So they're probably. Um, I don't think they beat Tampa no matter what, but they probably beat the Vikings. I would hope so. That was just such a such a strange game. Well, last week's game was really strange too. We were texting for a little bit and then I shut it down with my rant. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I I ranted to you guys instead of posting it on Twitter. So I think that's actually a, that's back. actually probably a good idea. <laughs> only only we know you're a fool, not the whole world. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, at and the time, <laughs> at the time, it was there. I mean, you might not have liked the words I chose, but it wasn't <laughs> that wrong. I mean, it was kind of pathetic. I used that phrase uh, because I just. I don't know. You play down to the, to the level of a t- and to give Jacksonville credit. I know this is not a Jacksonville show, but to give Jacksonville credit, they brought it. They they, they brought they the and they brought the their defense brought the energy. They I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade any of the Packers for anybody. But I mean, if, if the if you had to swap in the Jaguars defense for what what the the Packers have, and again, I'm not wanting to give up guys like Jair and Kenny Clark and you know some of these up and comer linebackers and but. I wouldn't hate it. I mean, they the way they played on this past Sunday, Miles um, Jack. I was I wanted Miles Jack in 2016 when he fell all the way down. Oh, yeah. I was pounding the I was pounding the pavement saying, "Hey, I want I want Miles Jack." And they they didn't draft him. They ended up getting uh, they did pretty well in that draft with their first round pick, though. I have mm-hmm. to say, the alternative was pretty good. So that was Kenny Clark. So I guess. Staying on the defensive side of things in the secondary, Kevin King is back. He will play. He's Thank a full, full participant. So Kevin Kevin King is back. And Mark, you're probably saying that just because it's better when guys like Josh Jackson are role players and not yes. starting. Exactly. And yeah, and and I thought my our guy, I'll say our guy because we, we've all liked him. Um Kadar Holman played pretty well last week. Mm-hmm. It was a really really his first um, extended, extended playing time. He played I think, 80, 80-some percent of the snaps, whatever it was. Um, and I thought he did a nice job. I really did. I I thought he, for a kid playing his first 
time. Now, granted, it was against a a rookie backup quarterback. He he, he wasn't facing you know Tom Brady or Drew Brees, but uh, but he did well. And you know, but you want King. I just want to see Kevin King play. I mean, I like Kevin King. I do, and uh, I'm, I'm, he's making it hard to like him when he never plays. Mm-hmm. So so he's he's testing my my likeness of of him every week <laughs> that, that he sits out because. Let's face it. I don't. I mean, it, it, you could be the greatest player in the world, but if you're never on the field, and and it's been too much with him, he's missed too much time. So him and Alexander are both going to be out there, and I don't. That's 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 big. That's big for the whole defense. Um, and again, like and like you like like you said, Jason. Now, now Jackson and Holman and Sullivan and Redmond and all everybody else. Well, Redmond might not play, but mm-hmm. um, they, they could all go back to their roles, and it makes the whole defense that much better. Special teams will be better. Remember, hey, we did I call that last week? That special teams was going to be costly with all them new people playing special teams. What yep. happened? Yeah, punt returns, mm-hmm. ninety-three yard punt return. Yep. I mean, that I saw. I've seen this. I mean, um, when you're starting special teams players, it either takes them off special teams because you don't want them doing everything and puts new guys out there, or you have them doing both and they're and they're tired because they're you know they're they're playing you know, from, from scrimmage for six, eight plays, whatever the drive is, and then they have to go out and cover a punt. Um, so, yeah, now hopefully, because the Colts have good special teams now. Now, one of their, their their return guy might not play, but the Colts, the reason they beat the Titans two weeks ago was all all because of special teams. The blocked punt, the uh, they had, I think they had a long punt return in that game. Um, so the Colts probably rank near the top of the league in overall special teams. That's an area where you can wreck a team can wreck a game real fast. Yep. So to, again, kick it out of the end zone. Um, here's the way to stop a punt return. Just score every time. And don't punt. There you go. <laughs> hey, the Packers have done that a couple times this season. It's worked pretty well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a couple games where Scott's only had to punt once or not at all. Right. Yeah. So, so could our, yeah, could ours, could ours listed as uh, questionable with the quadricep. I don't know what it is with cornerbacks and quad injuries this year, but he was limited all week listed as questionable. Kadar is a player. He just plays well. He had a, a nice tackle uh, the week prior. Um, he's, he's one of those guys that shows up and, and plays hard in the limited amount of time that he's out there. So, you know, he's making us look smart, and I'll give you two more credit. I, I don't know if I was as on board. I think I was more on board with his his um, his acumen, his leadership, uh, and what we knew about him in college, but no surprise that he's he's out there playing and doing okay in a little bit of time. But, Paul, obviously, Kevin King coming back, um, having Jair Alexander back out there, going to be gonna be much more uh, favorable than what the Packers had to run with last week. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, 100%. That definitely helps them against this Colts offense. 
or <laughs> any offense for that matter. But Indy with Phillip Rivers, they're not a team that's going to stretch the field. And if this was a week ago when Josh Jackson and Kadar Holman are your two corners on the on the outside, you know, Petten, you know, had to play a bit more conservatively, which he kind of tends to do with that soft zone coverage. But what I'm hoping they see this week, we see this week with Alexander and King back, is those two up more on the line of scrimmage. Because what Philip Rivers does is he gets the ball out very quickly. I think he's he's only his average time to throw is 2.49 seconds, which is the fourth fastest in the NFL. And at that at that time, even with a good pass rush, getting to him is going to be difficult. He utilizes the running backs in the passing game heavily, and the Colts are one of the best teams in the league at picking up yards after the catch. So hopefully with Alexander and King back, we see Patton just trust them. I mean, they're, you know, Alexander's putting together an all-pro campaign, and King, even with his injury history, when he's been on the field, he's been a very good player. Trust those guys to do their job on the outside and play closer to the line of scrimmage so they can limit that yak and uh, limit or at least try to make the easier passes a bit more difficult for Rivers. Because as we've seen from Mike Pettin, his his uh, his M.O. is to have the offense put together 10, 12, 15 play drives with the hope that the defense gets a stop, a turnover, or the offense just stalls because, well, that's not easy to do, put together a 13-play scoring drive. Well, the Colts offense, they love to put together 10, 12, 13-play scoring drives. They will absolutely take the easy throws that are there, march their way down the field, keep Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. So I think that's a big – getting these two back is huge as it always would be. But particularly against the Colts, if Patton can play more aggressively and try to make those easy throws, like I said, a bit more challenging, let King and Jair do their thing on the outside, uh, I think that's going to go a long way in helping this defense out. Yeah, because what does – if you get – Phillip Rivers is not too comfortable back there. What's going to happen once or twice a game? Turnover-worthy throws. Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have a couple balls that are gonna be fifty fifty, and I trust our guys to go up and make plays and make it difficult for for Indy. Now, history doesn't mean in these AFC matchups, history doesn't mean anything because there's so many so far in between games. But I, I think I might have told you guys I was at the last game they played in Indy. Does anyone remember how that one turned out? I just wrote a story about those yeah, all, dude, all four of their games in Indy. It was the. They, they never won in Indy. They've they never. That. And that's, yeah, they've never. The last time the Packers beat the Colts, they were in Baltimore, right? Right. The, the in, on the road. Left, yeah. On the road. Right. So, because I also remember in 2008, I remember the Packers absolutely smoking the Peyton Manning-led Colts Peyton at Lambeau back. Field in a late winter game. And I I still remember Aaron, Aaron Rouse is still running. With the ball. He he brought one. Didn't he bring one back from like 108 yards out of the end zone and just took it all the way back the other way? So you were at the game when the when when the Packers were up comfortably at the half. And then Chuck Pagano from his hospital bed called the called the Colts at halftime and got them all inspired and motivated. And they went out and beat the Packers in the second half. Is that the game you were at? Yeah, I was at that game. It was the Reggie Wayne game. And it was also the game. Now, I was sitting on the about the 40 and kind of so I'm at the 40 yard line. So the one thing that you don't get a sense of sometimes is how the kicks turn out. Man, I Mason Crosby, I guess, shanked one really badly. But from where I was sitting uh, at the angle, I wasn't able to tell how bad it was until I saw it on TV. Yeah, the Packers just completely they just completely fell apart. Well, the other thing in that game, too, was early on, Nick Perry hits Andrew Luck with what would have maybe been an OK hit today, but it was immediately flagged and Luck fumbled. And then DJ Smith picked the ball up, and the Packers would have had the ball like right there in the red zone. 
and they flagged Perry for roughing the passer. And so then the Packers didn't get that turnover. But they were up, I think they were up 21-3 at one point. Yeah, K- K- Casey the Hayward hand. got his first interception in that game. It was his that was his rookie season. Um, I think at that point, I think Charles Woodson might have been out with the collarbone. He came back later that season. That was the season when they went to the playoffs that Kaepernick just ran all over them at the end of the year. But 2012, last time the Packers were in Indy, they haven't won a game in Indianapolis. There would be no better time than right now because they want to make a statement and obviously have. Well, here, here's my thing on that. So, and I wrote, yeah, their own four in Indy, and, and they've lost with all different com- all kinds of combinations. You had uh, Bruce Arians and Andrew Luck beating Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. You had uh, Peyton Manning and Tony Dungy beating uh, Brett Favre and Mike Sherman. You had. Lindy and Fonte on the other side, and Paul Justin beating Brett Favre and Mike Holmgren. That's the one. For their first win. Yeah, they were 0-10, and they they beat a Packer team that was headed to the Super Bowl that year. Um, And then then you had uh, Rod Dowhauer and Mike Pagel beating Lynn Dickey and Forrest Gregg. So Matt LaFleur, who has done a lot of – he's the first Packer coach to ever take the team to the playoffs in his first year, correct? Yep. He's the first. I mean, he, there's a, lot, um, a long list of firsts for Matt LaFleur. Well, I'm looking for him to be the first Packer coach to win a game in Indianapolis. Uh, the way things are trending, I wouldn't bet against him. And ESPN, all, the, all of the expert picks on ESPN, somehow, some way, were they all picked the Packers. No, I don't like that. I don't either. <laughs> I, no, I, I know. I don't, I don't either. I don't understand it because, you know, Green Bay still, I don't know what the spread is right now. I don't remember what the line is, but Green it's Bay's like not. one and a half. It's 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 yeah it's a pick game basically. Yeah, Green Bay. Well, have have either of you guys really seen the Colts at all this year? No, I only saw I saw part of their game once. No, I saw I saw most of the Titans game the the, the night game, and I got to see them lose to the Ravens. They looked awful against the Ravens. Um, I'm not as I I will I I'll say this. You know how we always talk about be, before the season? What did we think? Well, I didn't think I didn't think the Colts were going to be that good. I really didn't. Uh, they are better than I thought, but I don't know how good they are. I mean, they yeah. I mean, their their numbers look look good. They rank high in certain categories, but I mean, and again, I don't want to sound like the people that rip the Packers when they say they're a fake, whatever whatever the record is. Like like you said earlier, Jason. But look at their. I mean, their only good win is against the Titans, which is a you know a division game, right? I mean. Yeah. Are you guys impressed with what they've done? I, I guess that I, I've more been subjected to the, the narrative based highlights and the fact that the Colts defense is getting a lot of uh and Eberfluss is getting a lot of uh good PR over over what he's doing with that. Frank Reich's a good coach out. I will say I, of, I, of, I, I know Frank Reich a little bit. He's very he was the brains behind the operation when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. We've seen that now since he's been gone. The Eagles are nothing like well they they were. I mean, um, so I'm not going to downplay their coaching is very good. Um, but again, uh, I'm just not. And again, the Packers could lose there. It's like you said, it's on the road, AFC game. A lot could happen. But I'm just not like thinking, I don't think the Colts are a Super Bowl contender like some people are making them out to be. I could be wrong. Yeah, what I don't do know. Mean? Paul. I mean, Paul, what's your take on the Colts? 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'd put them in the Super Bowl contender yeah. category, but I do think they are a, a, a solid team. Yep, absolutely. Their defense we've talked about is very good, and their offense the last few weeks has been trending in the right direction, and their special teams unit uh, is very good as well, both kick and punt returns. So all across all three phases, they are a good, solid team. Except and it just – go on. People talk about their defense, right? Well, they beat they lost to the Jaguars opening day. I mean, opening day, anything can happen. I'll throw that out. Okay. They beat the Vikings early when the Vikings were not playing well at all. Then they beat the Jets. Well, the three of us can get eight guys, eight more guys in the Jets. <laughs> game. Um, they beat the they beat the Bears, and you know, in a close defensive kind of. Well, yeah, the Bears don't score. They lost. The Browns put up thirty two on them. The Bengals put up twenty seven on them. They beat the Lions. Lost to the Ravens, beat the Titans. The only win I'm really impressed with is is the Titan win. Yeah, a big thing that I've seen with the Colts and uh, I was able to talk to another Colts writer this week. He said that they they do just do not play well from behind. I mean, kind of similar to what the Packers do. Um, and in the the Ravens game, the Cincy game that he referenced, they fell behind early, and then the right, offense the offense tends to crumble. Once they do, so that's good news for the Packers because the Packers have scored on the opening. Yeah, (laughs) the Packers have scored in their opening drive eight out of nine games. They're averaging over seventeen points per game in the first half, which I think is the third most. So, I mean, all you could you could always say, yeah, come out, start the game quick is going to be key. But in this game, it is in particular because the Colts have shown that once you get if the Packers can get up maybe ten nothing on them, I don't know that we've seen that kind of ability to fight back push back and make it a game again interesting because i think i, I, I think i think that's what, well i think that's that was my suggestion last week they didn't take it though <laughs> they tried they well, of course of course they did well and the, 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 the yeah, i i think i knew well I, I when things like that happen where it's like you know Jags and again the def- the Jags defense brought it, but when they're the team that's that's keeping Green Bay out of the end zone at Lambeau Field on the opening drive when they've scored against everyone else, it's just it's just one of those things that doesn't set a great tone. As far as the the punt return to your point, Mark, not that we want to spend a ton of time on talking about kickers, but J.K. Scott was a fifth round draft pick, man. I mean, wind or no wind. You've got to kick a better ball. I mean, I remember back in, it was either 2009 or 2010. And so that would have been Mastay, right? Tim Mastay kicks a line drive. I think it was that really, uh, I shouldn't say dumb game. It was entertaining. But that Monday night game in 2010 against the Bears that the Packers ended up losing where they had 38 penalties. (laughs) Uh, And it was a slop fest and James Jones fumbled. Uh, Mastay kicks a line drive to Devin Hester. Now, no one's going to mistake, you know, the the Jags returner for Hester. <laughs> but game over. If you give a good returner too much time to to get ramped up, and then of course J.K. Scott can't even can't even make the tackle. I mean, look, I know he's a punter, but look, man, if you're a fifth round pick, you kind of you kind of are expected to be the best of the best, you know. And I just I don't know enough about punting to know if J.K. Scott's ever gonna ever gonna you know the light bulb's gonna come on or or I guess whatever phrase I'm trying to use in terms of him like really turning into a great punter. He was actually listed on the injury report as well with a a back injury. He'll play. He's not listed as out or questionable, but he had a back injury. So that could be something though if you think about the mechanics of punting the football. 
But again, he had a bad day last week. I mean, even his last punt when oh, terrible the Packers didn't pick up the third and one, which was brutal. Yep. Um, then he, you know, he, all right, now punt him deep and you know let the defense win. Well, he got a thirty yarder off that gave the Jags pretty good field position for that last drive. Yeah, Scott had a bad game. I'm mm-hmm. starting to wonder. You know, he does not do well in the elements, which is unfortunate because well, this is Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> and he plays, you know, there's a road game in, in Chicago. Yeah, no, he's – I'm wondering, and again, we're taking this way far ahead and stuff. Packers are going to have a bunch of extra picks in, this, in the coming up draft. They're, they're going to have an extra six, probably extra three, four. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if one of their late-round picks, sixth, seventh round, is a punter. Uh-huh. Or at least, or at least, sign a guy after some competition. Yeah, bring somebody in. Like, don't let him think the job's his. You've got sometimes so many that, good things. Sometimes that that that's all you need. It's a little bit of a light a of fire under a guy. Sometimes. Well, you know, look at the look, season that uh, old number 12's having this year. I was gonna. I wasn't gonna go there. I wasn't gonna go. They've Mason Crosby twice. Yes, and, and it worked, worked out. Yep. 2013, 14, one of those years, and then just last year with Sam Ficken, I believe. Well, and and but, this, but with the punter, I mean, maybe. It's not. I mean, it could light a fire under Scott, and he went and he keeps the job. But if the other punter is better, then you just keep the other punter. Yeah, it's and not. Gonna, back, I don't think it's going to hurt the Packers to move on from if they move on from J.K. Scott. Yeah, and you save money. That as a well, a little, little bit of money, I guess. I don't know what Scott's due to make next year, but it's going to be more than what a rookie late round pick would make. I just wanted and, to add as well, going yeah. back to. Uh, Mark, what you said about the Colts, where they're not a Super Bowl contender, but I think where some of my worry for this game stems from is I feel like the things that the Packers, some of the things that the Packers don't do well is what the Colts do well. So from a matchup standpoint, um, like I said, the quick passes, they're very good at missed tackles, yards after the catch, special teams unit. They have a good defensive front, and the Packers have an excellent offensive line, but we saw... Uh, we saw them struggle with Tampa's defensive front. Not saying that they're on that level, but they are solid. Well, they um, are so missing their 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 top pass rusher. Yeah, Autry is out, uh, yeah. and he I believe he has six sacks this season. But it's just kind of a culmination of those several different things where I see it as difficult matchups for the Packers or like special teams where they've just really struggled the last month. To where I I, I do see a path to victory for the Colts this week. Well, um, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, they're favored in their home, but right. I just don't think the Colts are. As- Everyone's telling me hey, the Colts are really good. I think they're good. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't put them in that upper. T- I don't put them with the Steelers and the Chiefs and and maybe even like I don't put them with New Orleans and Tampa Bay. I don't think. I don't know. I could be wrong. The Colts could, could, could come out and I'll, next week I'll be saying, "Man, the Colts are pretty good." <laughs> I, again, I, I haven't seen enough to make my own opinion. I'm just looking at scores. Like they, you know, they lost to the Browns. They struggled against the Bengals. I did see the Ravens game, and the Ravens just outplayed them the whole game. Like you said, the Ravens got on them early, and that was that. I mean, they have a whole half, basically a whole half a season to prove us either right or wrong, I guess. Now that we're we're moving into the back half of things, I mean, as far as the well, Packers go. They have Paul's boy on the team, too, though. Jonathan Taylor, yeah. they do. He's, he's been struggling. <laughs> That's why so. you like him. You, they, got your, <laughs> they got your badger on there. I, I, I do love Jonathan Jonathan Taylor. I'd be lying if I said otherwise. Well, imagine that, a rookie running back that actually plays. <laughs> Zing. <Wild> concept. <laughs> Zing. Everyone throws zingers in a different ways. I just am more blatant with mine. That was very, <laughs> very subtle, Mark. 
So I do want, oh, oh, did you mean I, you thought I was making fun of AJ Dillon or something? No, I, of course you would never you would never do something like that. I do um, want to add one other thing quickly. It, I just found this interesting. So Ben Baldwin, he writes for the Athletic. Huge into analytics, and these numbers aren't exact, but they're close. He said that if the Packers win, their odds of getting the one seed in the NFC is like 55%. If they lose, it drops to 24%. Now, how you go about calculating and finding that out, I do not know. But I just thought that that was – I just couldn't believe that it was that significant of a drop, especially for a loss to an AFC opponent. Yeah. That's weird. I mean, again, I don't know anything about analytics, but I do know math. And that's – that's – wow. See, I would think that if the Packers are going to lose, what are they? Or they have two losses now. If you tell me they're they're going to go thirteen and three again, well, this is probably the game I'd say, okay, let's then let's lose this one, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to lose the NFC game. Yeah, this one or Tennessee, just because they don't right. lose. But... Yeah, that's why. Wow, thirty percent difference. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, my other question is: is is a fifty-five percent chance to to get the one seed? Is that good? Is fifty five yeah. good, or do you do you want to be in the seventies? I don't know. Oh, you, that's ridiculous to be in the seventies, Jason. That that means like nobody else has a chance, hardly. Because <laughs> right. if they're if the Packers are fifty, I mean, for them to be fifty five, that's more than half. And then because Seattle's going to have some of a chance, New Orleans has somewhat of a chance, Tampa has, but you're saying all of them are probably in the teens or twenty, right? I mean, no, fifty five is a good. That would be big. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you just, I guess those... You don't know. It's not for real. It's not like... Yeah. Well, to your point, Mark, in the NFC West, I just, you have to hope that the rest of the way that they split their series, so... Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about them losing out to somebody in the West. I'm worried about Tampa Bay. Sure. They beat them. Yeah. You don't want to have to go... Tampa Bay every, I'm rooting hard for the Rams Monday night. Well, the Rams scare me as well. They're the teammate. There's not a person in the world talking about the Rams. No, there isn't. <laughs> It really isn't. That's that's what scares what? me. <laughs> that's what scares me because just what was it two years ago? I, I know they were in the Super Bowl three years ago, or actually, uh, was two it two seasons ago? Yeah, I mean, so now they're they're back in the conversation, and they're probably very content to not have anybody oh, talking about them that. right now. Right, everybody. Yeah, keep talking about the Cardinals and the Seahawks. We'll just beat them all and win the division. So just but, looking ahead, I mean, t- to your to your point there, they've got the Colts this weekend. Next weekend, they finally they finally face the Bears. They host the Bears on Sunday Night Football at Lambeau Field. The following week, they host the Eagles. That will be a late afternoon game, as is tomorrow's game against the Colts. Then they've got the uh, at Detroit. Then they host the Carolina Panthers, and the time of that game is still listed as TBD. So I don't know if that one's going to get flexed or moved or That's whatever. That's a Saturday game, right? Isn't it, isn't that a Saturday game? It the is. Uh, it's. I think it's a Sunday game. It still says the twentieth. Oh, I thought that, for some reason I thought that was a Saturday. Still says the twentieth, which is seven days after the the game against the Lions on the thirteenth. And then that then they've got the Titans. They they host the Titans on the twenty seventh, and then they finish up the season at Chicago on the third of January, and that is a uh, early twelve o'clock start. So that's their remaining schedule for the rest of the, for the rest of the way. So on paper, it's not, it's but not a terrible schedule. <laughs> it, well, it's it's tough though because I don't want to count the Bears out. They're a divisional team. The Lions are really? playing at home. The Panthers have won some big games this season. They've uh, kind of rolled over now. That yeah, I just you never know. After well, that, I'd rather play. Listen, would you rather play? The, I mean, not what they have, or would you would you rather me throw in Pittsburgh and Kansas City and uh, Seattle and. Uh, <laughs> 
Well, no. if you definitely want to, if you definitely want them to go into go into the playoffs, like knowing that they're chiseled and solid, then yes, you want to face those other teams. But if you want them to definitely get to the playoffs, home, then you definitely you want home field. You yeah, want home field. That's take the path that they hey, they currently I, have. I'll say so, this, and it's it's early, and we probably shouldn't even be going this far yet. But if the Packers get the number one seed, I I like their chances because of all the teams that they would, all the contenders that they would have to face. I, lo- I would love to see Tampa, you know, nice warm weather Tampa come to Green Bay in January. I would love to see a dome team like New Orleans come to Green Bay in January. I'd love to see Southern California's Rams come to Green Bay. I'd love to see Arizona come to, like all the teams that, they're all warm weather or dome teams that are the other top con- contenders. And I would love to see them come up and play in minus, minus five degrees or whatever it's going to be in Green Bay in January. That's the one thing Rodgers hasn't had in his career. Several NFC Championship games, but none of them here. That's right. Everyone's been on the road, hasn't he? Yep. 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 And there's a chance this year, if things oh. shake out the way that they look like they could, that you could see a, a Super Bowl 45 rematch. They get into the mm-hmm. get into the Super Bowl, and they could face the or, Steelers. Or a Super Bowl one rematch. Or a Super Bowl one rematch. <laughs> I think <laughs> I'd true. rather. I don't know. I think 45. I'd, I'd rather have 45. I'd rather have 45. Yeah, I don't I don't trust the one rematch at all. Uh, and especially not if it's going to be anything like what last year's Super Bowl was. The 49ers are um are they they just they're in rough shape, but they're they're holding they're they're definitely holding the um the trend of Super Bowl losers and the struggles the following season yeah. to be true. Now they've been hit with injuries, which is part of it too. But they have not had a good season. It's just—it's so bizarre. If somebody would have told you guys before the season started that the NFC West was going to have three solid locks to win the division by halfway through the season and that San Francisco wasn't going to be one of them, would you have taken that bet? No. <laughs> Probably not. Although, I, I'm big on that Super Bowl loser thing. I really am. Um, and I thought Arizona would be improved. I thought the Rams would be improved. That's a really good you know what's what's really sad is that well probably three of them are going to make it, but it, it, there's a chance one of those three might not make the playoffs, and the Niners probably won't make the playoffs, and then some garbage out of the NFC East is going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's just not right. Just Even not with right. the extra team, I mean the the extra team in the playoffs is what I think is is designed to avoid, the, or at least get another team deserving team in there. But yeah, the whole division winner, it just seems like every year in, in AFC or NFC, there's always one division winner that gets in. That's like at 500. Yeah, but they're not 500. They're going to have five wins. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, statistically, because they play each other twice, what is the lowest number of wins that a division winner could even mathematically have is, is five possible. Oh, I, I, I'm telling you right now, I don't think the NFC East winner will have six wins. Really? <laughs> I, I'm not, and I'm being dead. See, I'm not making jokes this time. I'm serious. No, I, mean, I, I, I kind of follow that a little bit because I still, you know, I, you know, the division I covered for so long. Uh, no, I don't think so. They all, I mean, right now the Eagles are still in first with three wins. I don't think they win three more games. We've they might not win any more games. No, they just lost to the Giants. Who have Ma- three wins. You know, I mean, Mark, we've we've watched. We've we've been watching. We know the NFC East is 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 not good this, this is season. Historically bad. This is this is historical. How mm-hmm. bad it is. Well, so let's hope that the Packers don't have a a brain melt against the Eagles because it's in Green Bay again, and and 
this year's Eagles aren't last year's Eagles, but I don't. I, and it was on a short week, but I, I don't. You know, I made it better. I made it worse for the Packers. But if you want to talk, because one of your theories, Mark, was that you know it's Doug, still Doug Peterson, and their back was against the wall last year, and they had to win that game. They couldn't lose, or their season was going to tip. Well, they're kind of in that same situation this year, so not really. Because they're all they're all bad. All they gotta, for the, the winner of that division will be whoever wins the last the last two weeks. They they all four play each other. The Eagles the Eagles play the uh, Cowboys and then the Redskins. While the Giants play the Redskins and the Cowboys, so it's almost like that. Like those last two weeks, it's like a NFC's tournament, <laughs> and, and whoever wins them, it's it's. I believe me, I've looked it up a million times. Like here's the Eagles' next five games. I don't think they're going to be underdogs in all five. They're they're in Cleveland. Um, I think it's Cleveland, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona. They're not winning. They shouldn't win any of those five. It is a tough stretch, yeah. So that makes them three, ten, and one <laughs> with 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 Dallas and Washington left. If they <laughs> beat both of them, they'll be five, ten, and one, and they'll be host and they'll be hosting a playoff game. Yeah, that's worse. That's that, yeah. That's the rule that has to change. And they and and all my years covering owners' meetings and stuff, it's always brought up. And every coach I talk to says, "Yeah, it, we really should change that rule," and they never do. Where the you know, if the five ten and one Eagles are hosting the twelve and four Buccaneers, the game should not be in Philly. It should be in Tampa, right? You you guys agree with me there, or, or do you think the division winner should should get a home, a home game? I would say not to convolute it too much, but I would say that if you're under five hundred, you you shouldn't be hosting a game, even if you're a division right. winner. I think that should be the threshold. You shouldn't be in the playoffs. I think they just say, no, what? No, you don't, you don't even go to the playoffs. Sorry. You can, have, you can hang an NFC's banner, but you're not getting it. No, stay home. <laughs> you're not I do, I, I do like that little caveat from Jason. Cause if you're 11 and five or 12 and four yeah. playing a 13 and three team, I think you're still deserving okay. of having that home game. But yeah, that below 500 or even 500 or lower. Um, yeah. You shouldn't be hosting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I wouldn't mind seeing Tampa go lose in there, lose to Philly or somebody because I'm not. But it's just not fair. It's just not right. It happened last year. Seattle had to go to Philly. Philly was only nine and seven last year, and they hosted. Now Seattle beat them anyway, but um, that was you know, it's just I don't know. It's going to be funny. To, I mean. It's it's like a car wreck. Like you don't want to watch it because it's so bad, but you can't take your eyes off. That's you what the NFL. That the the fact that we're sitting here talking about it on our show right now is the reason why the NFL yeah. likes likes the way it's it's set up right now because it gets people talking, it gets people fired up. Well, in a, yeah, you're right. Whether yeah, in a in a in a bad way, but you're like you're right. We just spent more time than we should have talking about the NFCs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but it's fun. That time, it's that time of year. I call it ESPN playoff machine time. When <laughs> I haven't got on yet, this yeah, would. Uh, well, it's I have. Well, go on and just go on and just do the NFC East and tell me how many wins the winner. Uh, that's your assignment this week, Jason. I want you to go on your playoff machine this week, but whenever day, and just do the, just concentrate on the NFC East. And next week, tell me how many wins the NFC East winner had. Right. I don't think you're going to get to six. Yeah. I really don't. I don't All think right. you're going to get the six. I'll play around with it and see what what comes out on the other side. Um, that sounded bad. So yeah. as far as the injury report goes, that's uh, that is it. If you didn't hear us talk about a Packers player, they are playing this weekend. They're good to go. Although we don't know if they could be 
and a game day inactive, but you know, guys like Bak- Bakhtiari is fine. Obviously, and Rick Wagner is fine. Uh, Robert Tunyon will play this week. He was not listed on the injury report, but he is uh, was a full participant. He will play. So the Packers have plenty of opportunity to get a big win, and I think hey, this you know is what, one, one of- more thing. Though, can I add this? Are they going to bring a running back up? Because they only have Jones and Williams. If Dylan is still on COVID and Irvin's out, they got to bring a third running back up, don't they? You would think so. Yeah. The 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 kid that they that they signed to the practice squad out of Ohio State, probably. Yeah, I think that's the only guy they have, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna have to. Yep, because Dexter's Williams on IR and John Lovett's and on Dylan. IR and there's no and Dylan. Dylan has him, unless he gets cleared later today. Right. You're really counting on Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams once again. Which, which... is fine. I mean, yeah, not, not, if you're going to count on two guys, I don't, there are two guys I wouldn't mind counting on, but you still need a third guy in case one of them gets hurt during the game. Right. Right. Well, Can Jordan Love play running back? <laughs> get him in there and do, get him in there and do something. Mark Spicey yeah, exactly. this morning. At least, let him put a, at least let him put his uniform on on Sunday. Can he, can he wear a uniform on Sunday one time? Possibly. <laughs> Packers Colts. It is a 4:25 p.m. 3:25 p.m. start. 4:25 East Coast. 3:25 p.m. Central start for the Packers. They will be on national television. That makes this guy right here, who's in a non-home market <laughs> TV market, very happy. Mark, I'm sure you are as well. Well, I'll miss my friends at the at the place that I go. But that's right. I was going to say, are you, you're going to you're going to miss your your gal, or does she only go to the Lions games? Have you seen her uh, since that game? Yeah, she's there every week. She's watch, but she's to watch the Lions. Yeah, because they're never on national. So. <laughs> right, right. They are absolutely not. So, well, so Mark, you did a, a cool story on the history of the Packers and Colts. So, what's coming up this week on Packer Report? Well, yeah, that's on there now, and then I'll do my you know just an analysis after the game. And I haven't decided yet what I'm going to do during the week. We'll see what let's see what happens in 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 this game first. Um, I have some ideas, but we'll see if they win or lose first to, as to what I write. All right, and Paul over at Dairyland Express. Uh, Saturday, I uh, what I've been doing is buying behind enemy lines. So I sat down with a writer of the Colts, and we each kind of went over five questions just to just to help get an understanding of the team and who's coming into town, especially with this being such an uncommon opponent for each team. And then Friday over at GZ TV. I wrote about, and I discussed it today as well, but how I think the Colts' quick passing game uh, and ability to miss ta- break tackles, yak, all that stuff could be troublesome for the Green Bay Packers. Excellent. I'll have a game recap after the game up at Game On Wisconsin between the Packers and the Indianapolis Colts, and we will be back next Saturday. It'll be Bears it'll week. Be, it'll be Bears week, but more importantly, Jason will tell me how many wins it's going to take to win the NFC East. That's right. I will. Oh, you know, I'll have that done before the end of the night tonight. I'll, <laughs> I'll text you guys all my different scenarios. Don't, don't you worry. It's a, you don't have to twist my arm too far to get on that, that thing. I, I, I spend, right. I spend way too much time on that machine towards the end of the season. I'm just glad I have, I'm just glad that it's relevant and there's a reason for me to get on there every year. You there know, you I could be a Jets yeah, fan and then point. just dreaming of something else, you know. First, well, then you're on the draft machine. Then you're looking at draft. <laughs> That's right. That is absolutely correct. So thanks, everybody, for riding along. This was the Injury Report, Packers-Colts. It's going to be a, it's a close one according to what Vegas sees. It's a one-and-a-half-point Colts-favored contest at Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday, everybody. Be safe. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And as always, go Pack Go.